0: We want better schools. We want them now. Stand in our way, and you'll catch these eight black hands with Ankrum, Cole, El and Stewart. Join us now for an
1: hour or more of talk on education and culture. Good evening, good evening, fellas. How's everybody? Doing well, man. Thanks for asking. Yeah, that's what's up, that's what's up. Hey, you know, tonight's show, man, excited to really talk about, like, what do our children deserve, uh, what schools are affirming, you know, fulfilling, sustaining, responsive, student centered, you know, for the black children. Uh, Before we do that, let's go around the horn, man. How y'all feeling? Cool. Let's start with you, bro.
2: I'm good, man. Um, Like I said, it's about to be a busy week, had to get away for a little bit, so, you know, I'm... In, in, in a different setting today, but uh looking forward to. to <laughs> I'm looking forward to. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got Bro, you look like time? you're in the back of a van. Are you okay? Brother, Some, okay sometimes you just you gotta make three times if you' okay, brother. Sometimes you just gotta make it happen. You know what I'm saying? And you said three times if I'm okay or if I'm not okay, brother. You're not you gotta, okay, you gotta, be, you're clear. Not okay, you gotta times, be
3: clear. Blink three times. You gotta
2: be clear. What about
3: nine?
2: <laughs> what about nine times? But I'm here though. I'm on the show. I did. You I didn't are. cancel out.
3: <laughs> oh God, that's hilarious. Well, glad you didn't cancel, bro Glad you. Glad you're with <laughs> us,
1: <laughs> Citizen Stewart. What you got,
3: man? I'm good. I'm good. It's another week. Feeling productive. Uh and uh can't complain. Every week I say the same thing. Can't complain. Blessed, fed, house is good. So we're we're fine.
1: Hey, you got flashing lights and Bruce Lee and a mask. Like you, you doing
3: all right, bro. That's how you show up. That's how you show yeah. up. I uh, got Malcolm over there too eating in the dark though cuz you know okay. he, he he he's hiding from Charles's circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, and uh
1: what what's now what's this now? Stymie, stimmy. What what right, right. What? Oh, mm-hmm. what you got, yeah.
0: bro? What you got? So, Stemmy Ray uh shout out to the folks that uh that are receiving their stimulus checks. I know it's been long overweighted. Uh uh you guys were supposed to get $2,000 when uh 45 was president and so I'm glad that folks are making uh making do on what 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 you deserve in terms of um in terms of uh you know looking out for the American people. But secondly, I'm fine, but if I was ever not on location and I was somewhere like maybe where Charles is now, I would cancel. And the reason why I would cancel is because I know Chris is going to blow it up. (laughs) So if I didn't want somebody to know that I was somewhere else... Chris is gonna blow it up. (laughs) You know,
3: I'm just saying. Like, I wasn't prepared for the back of the van. Look, right. I mean, Charles, Charles, Charles is the leader of the gang when it comes to setting. He's like, he's like the setting king, right? He's the one who got us all up in these orange and like, I, you know, I got a whole Prince video going on behind me, and that's because of Charles. You know,
2: maybe I got something up my sleeve. Maybe the best is yet to come. Maybe this is Uh gonna be the best setting Uh Uh as of yet.
3: Is this like when Justin Timberlake stopped stopped doing R&B and did a country album type thing? Are you about to make one of them turns?
2: I'm just saying have faith. (laughs)
3: Okay, I right, faith. Right. I got faith in you, bro. You know, and to follow up on Ray's thing, you know, shout out to the people paying for the STEMIs. Um, that's down the road. Just, just, so, so, there you go. That's
0: down the road.
3: <laughs> shout out, shout out not just to the ones who are getting them, but the ones who are paying for them. So there you go.
0: Yeah, Yo, yeah. I don't want to blow a brief show, but that's an interesting point that you bring up, right? Because the yes. same people that are paying for these stimulus checks will be the same, st- no. the same people that will be paying to absolve everybody's debt from student loans. Well, and it could have gotten done wow. with that. Yeah, see, it, now you've got another show going. We better stop because it's it, going it, to be the it, show within the show. It, <laughs> it could have gotten done with that 1.9. That 1.9 could have had me not stressing out.
3: <laughs> well, I have been mentioning, I know I know Sharif wants to get to a show here, but I have been mentioning that this was uh, $1.9 trillion, but got we it. have spent 1 seven trillion on the f-35 bomber that is uh, no longer successful and has not that's been a successful mil- just one just one plane I mean not one line of planes the f-35's 1.7 trillion dollars but nobody's talking about it so yeah. I you mean know. That's, that should so. be the
1: conversation all the time I think America militarily spends mm. more than than you know countries the second to the 26th. Mm-hmm. uh highest spending countries combined like that is absolutely ridiculous but you know when you have an imperial state then that's what we that's what happens and then we end up arguing over you know pennies Crunch. compared to what's that's right what's happening like oh there's not enough and you know we get these lectures about uh fiscal irresponsibility and all this old dumb stuff you know but this is this is the system that we uh that we're in that we're just Picked, we just chose a corner to fight, right? Like that's mm-hmm. that's all we mm-hmm. pretty much did. Like I mean, this is massive, and we just said, "Hey, let's let's just undermine hey, it from this." I, I want
0: one fourth of this podcast is America first. What does yeah, that even which, mean? Which, yeah, what's that mean, bro?
3: Like like <laughs> what like, that mean? like saying like one one fourth of this podcast is with the Klan. Wait, really? Which <laughs> let's identify which fourth? Let's identify which fourth, bro? Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> one fourth of this podcast is made by Charmin. Likes to get crapped on. Which one? Which fourth, <laughs> uh-huh. bro? Hey, is it
0: you? I spoke it. You Ooh, almost had to pull the
2: van. I almost had to pull the van over, B. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make me stop this car. Don't make me do it. Hey, Reef, what's up with your show, man?
1: <laughs> listen, no, this is this is a great, you know, this is a great start, man. Great start. But listen, you know, one of the things we wanted to talk about for a couple of reasons, hey, you know. Uh, one, we read this really dope article that is, uh, you know, two articles and then uh, something else. So one, Sister Jamila. I uh, wrote in the slate um, talking about her experience as a child, being a black child, as well as uh, a black parent and having to navigate, um, you know, and things that she decided that she wanted to land on with her family for her children and the type of experience. Uh, and then my man, Rand Miller, also wrote something um, that I published on Philly Seventh Word uh, earlier today that talked about, listen, the black reconstruction has to include uh, great black schools and what does it mean for that reconstruction and how do we construct what it means for us or deconstruct what we think great schools are, good schools and good education and all of that. And how he played it, he shared his own experience just like Jamila did. Growing up, a good experience for Jamila was being uh, surrounded by black teachers and feeling loved, feeling nurtured, feeling that, hey, you know what? They want my success. They look at their success as my success and my success as their success. And they looked at it as a communal that we are all learning and we are all going to win this thing. Not that, oh, I have something. And, and if you get it like Jamila, the way that she described it was her teachers are like, hey, we're retraining our replacements. Like you are going to replace us in society. Um, and Rand Miller talked about his experience. how One of his teachers shot that he mentioned Malcolm X and he got a tongue lashing. Mm. You know, because for mentioning Malcolm, you know, uh, then he talks about him as an educator, what he tried to create. You know, he had the benefit of being a history teacher where I think you can really undermine a whole lot of dumb stuff. uh, But you should be doing that from any angle. So really wanted. And then um, and then Ray has been posted some depressing uh stuff you know just stuff that have have me Mm -hmm. fired up i can't even watch the videos and stuff but it's important like we can't stop talking about it too so i appreciate him elevating saying like no like keep pointing it out you know and everything from and we talked about this a little bit man this uh you know, a, child, a five-year-old boy being made to uh, clean up feces in the, in the toilet. Uh, you know, someone else being called the, you know, the N-word, you know, uh, being allowed, like the teacher endorsing it, you know, um, in the classroom. And over and over, you know, he, he put up several things that I was just like, wow, this is, and these are just the things that get elevated, right? These are the yeah. things that get yeah. recorded. It's like, oh, the only people who, nobody in their right mind, although there are some folks who would believe that, oh. The only people that get uh, harassed, shot, killed, maimed by police are the ones that are recorded. We know if if they record that many, how many actually happened, you know, throughout. And that's the same thing with our black children's experiences. So I really wanted to dive in about this idea of what is a good education for black children? What type of schools? Um, Jamila talked about navigating. Uh, Rand Miller talked about him and his wife also having to figure out. All right, where are we going to put our child? Are we going to put it here and then we're going to move and then we're going to get in this school? And, then, and they keep looking for something, not just, oh, what the test scores is, not just, oh, is it shiny and bright and have paint? And, you know, they're also looking for something else. So I wanted to just uh, have this conversation today. What are what are you all looking for? You know, both with Dr. Cole, with the students he work with and you all as fathers, as well as educators. What have you been looking for? What makes a great school? And great education for your children. So I want to start off there, and and folks in the audience, uh, listeners, please also, you know, we want your responses too. What makes a good education for Black children? Mm -hmm. What do Mm -hmm. they need? What What are you you looking for in those schools? So I'm gonna pause there. Let's jump in. Cole, you want to uh, start us off, bruh? You're over there looking all crazy and whatnot. Yeah.
2: Check this out, bruh. You, you, you going to stop erasing me, bruh. Like, you named all these people. You this, this, See, this is the problem. When your own, like, castmates don't read your book. My, I got a whole section talking about agency, not just academic, but student mental health. So I'm going to get on Reese's head in a second. But for this very serious topic, um, I mean, yeah, man, these things happen all the time. And, like, when Ray posted that, like, I saw it. And again, I just couldn't even necessarily fully engage with it. And and also I'm I was not I sure was sure I understand. Because uh, it's not for you to understand, Siri. Uh what I what my issue is is like I was expecting another article to come out right after that about somebody being choke slammed. And I didn't see it. Like if you ever, ever in your mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. make somebody that I love or my kid or anybody like that put their hands in a toilet and they five, and I don't care what age they are, but especially a five-year-old, do you understand? Like, I don't, I don't understand. Like, this is and th- when we talk about um like her union is gonna protect her. You know what I mean? Like they're 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 going over her stuff right now, turning on what to say and what not to say. And like this is the stuff our kids go go through a lot, and you only hear about it every now and then. I remember being in the fourth grade, I think I said this, I said this on somebody else's podcast, but. was a kid that had to use the bathroom man and the teacher just would not let him go he was in the fourth grade fifth grade he was in my class and he just went in the corner and like the little plant that was over there because he was like about to like pee on himself and that kid ended up getting in so much trouble but this boy had been asking i remember that so vividly and i told my mom and my mother was just like if you ever got to use the bathroom and 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 you ask respectfully and they say no but you really got to go just get up and walk out let me deal with whatever else comes from that but like you know, but that type of abuse happens all the time, especially with black kids, where systems feel like they have ownership over those bodies, man. And 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 I mean, what else has to prepare somebody more for like I mean, that's 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 uh, I'm I'm just gonna stop there because I'm I'm getting even more upset even just <laughs> thinking about it.
1: Sorry to get mad, bro. <laughs> this is this is um some um this stuff makes you live it, you know, it, it really does.
3: Well, I mean, what, you what know, you we, just, we, 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 we've heard it before that if you aren't mad, you're not paying attention. Right. And uh, which, which black author said it like to be black and conscious in America is to be in a constant state of rage. That's Baldwin. Um, who, is that Baldwin? Is that James?
2: Yeah, and, and, and he said uh, to even just be relatively conscious, like not even conscious, just, 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 just to be semi awake. You got to whiff. You got to whiff her.
3: Yeah. You know, answering answer this question, I think is really interesting because we have spent so much time in integration thinking that we we want to get to the point where we're believing that what makes an educated black child is the same thing as an educated white child or an educated Hispanic child and so on and so forth. But if I were to ask any educated black parent what they want for their black child, they might say some things that are different than what the the larger population wants for its kids. So part of answering this question is what makes an educated black person, right? Because if you're a parent, what you want at the end of the day is you want your child to end up educated, but your defini- definition of what educated is might be different than the rest of the world. So it may not be the same thing as what white people want for their kids. I also think being a parent is like being a futurist, I don't know how you all are as parents, but I'm constantly thinking about the end game. I'm constantly thinking about what kind of adults my kids are going to be, like what they're going to have in life, what they're going to be able to do. What, what freedoms will they have? What uh, avenues will be open to them? What will they be? Will they be able to live a personally meaningful life that they live with? Or will they be limited by things that have origins in what we're doing today? Right. So I'm always thinking in the future about my kids. I see them in the future. I'm like, I'm constantly I'm obsessed with that part of this. And, you know, Sharif, you and I talked about this last week. I'm trying to raise free people. I'm trying to raise free people. So if I'm if that is the end game uh, today, there's just a certain set of things. You know, a school should be preparing kids, their cognitive development, their social, emotional development. Um, I think things like their ability to reason and to think critically and to, to have like intellectual self-defense in a world that's constantly going to be putting bullshit in front of them, like there are going to be certain skills for them to be a confident, um, upward standing, straight back black person in the United States, I don't think the schools that we have right now are prepared for that. You still, you, you mentioned it. You have schools that, um, have teachers still using nigger in the classroom for different reasons. You have schools that refuse to teach black people their own history. You have schools that, um, have, uh, kindergartners pulling shit out of a toilet, right? Like you, you have, uh, uh, um, as recent as last week or, or two weeks or so ago, you know, the video was, uh, the black girl who jumped in on a Muslim girl was getting beat up by a girl. Now, the staff watched the white girl beat the Muslim girl r- relentlessly and didn't get involved until they saw the black girl jump on her back. I could tell these stories all day, all night, and you could, too. And Ray posts a lot of them. I post a lot of them or whatnot. How are those schools preparing black people to be free Americans? I don't think they are.
1: That, that futurist uh, piece, uh, Cole Love future Afrofuturism. So uh, hopefully he he re- hey, To he be a parent,
3: you that. are an Afrofuturist. You want <laughs> to. All of us are because all we thinking about is Afrofutures when we look at our children. That's all we thinking about. Skimmy Ray, Stimmy Ray,
0: yeah, Right, right.
1: So, I can't keep up.
0: <laughs> hey, listen. So so, a uh, couple things. The first thing is. Vegas odds right now. The Vegas odds for the teacher in uh in Arkansas losing her job, right? So initially, the first day when it came out, I had the Vegas odds at a hundred to one, right? Thinking that you know, you know, she probably would lose her job. Yeah. Couple days went by, didn't hear anything. She's still on administrative leave. The odds went up, thousand to one. Right now, my odds for anybody in this audience that's willing to take it, I got ten thousand to one that this woman does not lose her job. And it becomes a teachable and coachable moment for the district, whatever the hell that means. That's first thing. The rubber room thing. rubber room, or? Uh, uh, if, she was in, if she was in New York City, she'd get rubber room for five years uh, and then go back into day. the classroom in the, in, yeah. the, in, the, in, the, in the sixth year. Right? Yeah. So there's a, there's a really good chance that she's going to keep her job. She shouldn't, but there's a really good chance that she will because, you mm-hmm. know, unions prevail. They do their job. The second thing is, Man, with everything that's going on in these classrooms from slave yoga to writing slave narratives about, you know, what it was like to be a slave, to pulling shit out of the toilet. I'm seriously considering homeschool for my kid. Mm. Uh, my mm-hmm. son is about to graduate. He's home. I mean, um, but my daughter, I'm ser- I'm seriously contemplating homeschool or pod learning. And I say that because like, I-, I don't want to. Well, I mean, I got a benefit. The benefit for me is that I'm the superintendent of, of the school that she attends. Right. But if I wasn't, I would be nervous. And even being in that position, it still makes me nervous because people do dumb shit all the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't want her to be exposed to that kind of thing. Uh, hopefully the messaging that I put forth would make someone think twice about that kind of approach. But I had a talk with her the other day and, and, and I legit told her if someone tells you to pull your shit out of a toilet... You run to the principal. You run to the custodian. At no chance do you stick your hand in no toilet. And those aren't conversations that mm-hmm. black and brown folks, white folk, any folk, should have to be having with their kids based off of these teachers in the classroom doing dumb shit.
2: Mm-hmm. I, I got a suggestion. I mean, I've been doing a lot of research on this and like, you know, there's. There, I'm sure you can find some articles or some evidence to back this up. I'm considering this method if that ever happens and it's called knocking you the fuck out. Um, if you ever... Um, that's that's trying to true, bro. The research on that is very good. I heard it was, too. I <laughs> yeah, heard the research. Is there's really a good. lot of articles. Like, I mean, we've got all these articles somewhere. You know what I'm yep, saying? Like, yep. I heard some of the best, the, like, the best, like, in the business, like, their names is Michaels mm-hmm. and, uh, and you know, Christina's and, and, and Laquisha's. Like, they, they know this. I, those are the people, if you ever... This is what I'm saying, yo. This is what like, if you ever fix your mouth to say something like that to my kid and they clarify and be very clear. And it's like you want me to I'm going to tell my kid, do everything you need that. You want me to put my hands in that water before I call my daddy, I'm swinging on you. And then I'm calling my daddy and everybody from my neighborhood is swinging on you like Like there should be no sympathy for this person. I don't know what the thought process was like. It's just so egregious. And again, th- these things happen on micro levels all the time. But what has to be true? in order for somebody to let that operate and manifest in their head, like what has to be the environment? Like the same way white folks like kind of analyze our environments or parents and stuff when something goes wrong, what has to be true in that environment and that school building and that culture to where that thought even permeated and was able to be executed? I I don't know.
0: So I'm going to tell you, Mm. she's a young teacher, right? So like, if you look she's like, uh, no, no, hear me, hear me. She's a young teacher. That means that that's a learned behavior. Right. So like when you come, when you come, even, even that either, either it's a learned behavior, she just doesn't give a shit about black kids. Right. So e- either one. Right. But like, what's your thought process in terms of like coming up with your classroom rules? Right. Because like usually you include students in your classroom rules. They, you know, you come in like as a teacher for me for example. I you for, usually do. I don't think I that's what with, everybody I came, does. I came in with my own set of rules and then I allowed the students to come up their rules and then I kind of nudged them in the direction to where you know we had rules that we both could align with and we both could work outside of those constructs. But never in a million years would I think that someone would have a rule that if you stop the toilet up, you need to go in the bathroom, stick your hand in the toilet and remove whatever it is in order for the toilet to work for a kindergarten class. These are five-year-olds. And that's not no, the no, first no, time that- that's the problem,
3: though. That's the problem, Ray. That's not
0: the, the first time it is,
3: happened. Well, the problem is you're not looking at them as a five-year-old, though. Yeah, or
0: a you're human not looking,
3: being. You're not looking at, or a human being. That's like, you know, we're talking some slave era, slave era shit here, right? Like, where you were able to just take out your frustration with the group of people by making them do really crazy, cruel, and onerous things. But here's my problem with this discussion that we're having in the discussion uh, period overall. The first part of the problem that I have with this discussion is that we still have people on our own side of the fence that we have to convince that they need mm-hmm. to keep an eye out for these American public schools. Yeah. The beginning of our premise is wrong. When we ask questions like why and what should happen when this happens or, you know, any of those type of questions where we're still negotiating the idea that the school should be right for the kids, it means that we have not started with the major black premise of black education in the United States, which is the American public education system is not for us. So everything that comes after that should not be a surprise. If you buy their initial premise, the initial premise is we are turning over our kids every day to a system that has wrongheaded thinking that outdates us. It's older than us. It's it's generations and generations older than us. So when a white teacher in North Arkansas makes a black child scoop shit out of a toilet, and that child is a kindergartner, There should be no question marks around how could this happen? I wonder how this could be. How could Becky teach slave yoga? How could, you know, uh, how could the Ed Karens come after us when we talk about school choice? Why is it they're trying to trap so many black bodies into this system where they gain their pensions off of our kids, but they don't put anything in the head? They want the bodies, but not the head, not the black mind. So when you say like, that's a child, that's a five year old. no. No, no, to the American public education system, that's a nigga. And let me tell you the difference in how they they differentiate niggas from, from right to left. The mm-hmm. people on the right think that's a nigga because that's just a nigga and that's always been a nigga. The people on the left think that's a nigga because of their social circumstances and their poverty. They just couldn't possibly learn on the same level as everybody else. And, you know, blah, blah, blah. All that can that that backwardly compassionate bullshit that we hear. That it's the left wing and the right wing of the same bird condemning the black mind to foreclosure. Right. And they're acting together. And we still damn fools out here asking questions like, I wonder how that could happen.
2: I wonder what's going on. And here's the issue, just to add on to that, like, you know, I do that work around a black achievement trauma tax. I mean, what is this kid's trauma tax going to be like? We got people doing whole movies because their daddy didn't hug them one time when they like came in third place instead of first. Right. So if we can do movies and stuff around that, what ha- what is going to happen to this child's mental makeup just moving forward? That's not something that goes away. You know what I'm saying? And I sent. Reef a quote, but he keep erasing me and I'm about to like come choke him in a minute. I promise you, I'm going to come <laughs> choke him. Why you keep putting I'ma, violence on me, brother? I'm going to choke him, brother, because <laughs> I sent him this. We talked about this beforehand. I got a whole book talking about this, but it's okay. Reef will quote all these people but his friends, but it's okay. But but part of agency it's not just the academic. It's making sure students leave your school whole. It's making sure that when something don't feel right and it feel like mental abuse or physical abuse, that they know how to speak up and say that this don't feel mm. right. And I think that that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we keep missing. And it's a shame that we have to teach our kids that in these types of schools, you know what I'm saying? Because school is not a place where I have to, I should have to put mental armor around my child's psyche. So he doesn't come out fucked up. You know what I'm saying? But that's what tends to happen, man. So when I say, when we say stuff like this podcast is the reckoning for public education, because all of us have some type of crazy story, As stuff for Sharif because Sharif's mom got him up out of Dodge. Right. But like, for the rest of us, we, we got something where somebody said something foul, where somebody made us do something crazy, where somebody accused us of something, and it sticks with you. You know what I'm saying? Like, how does it feel to always be the problem? But I you
0: know a... listen, you know what they always say, you feeling jumpy jump, you know what I mean? So that's that's my message to uh Yo, so wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Uh, Cuz I want to just I want to I want to make sure what you reading, really, bro? What's that with what you, bro? What's happening? What's
2: What's yo. What's yo What's I want to make sure
0: we was taking mental notes of these things, right? I'm telling you because hey, that's that's, that's, a, that's a second time. That's a second time. That Reef has threatened somebody on this podcast. Hey, and I, I only wish that I was in Charles' position right now so I could go up over his head.
3: <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, Dr. Cole up in, in the Now that makes a top. lot more sense now. Now, now, now it makes yeah. more sense. It's, room, he's, in he's, the, it's
1: room in the dungeon.
0: In the, in the bunker, bro. It's, it's room in the he's bunker. in the Philly bunker. You know what? Cause you Hey, did you make Charles take a COVID test before you let him in your house?
2: (laughs) We good, we good, we good. But that's the thing, because you 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 can't hide like in this office. It's all wood. All (laughs) wood all day.
3: (laughs) Uh oh, we froze. We froze. Go ahead. Go ahead. Can you hear it? I'll yeah, take problem. the wood because that means us beige people could like blend in real easily if we ever oh had to hide. God, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the wood is like camouflage for beige people. <laughs> Yo, well, how, how long y'all been? How, how long have y'all been in Philly? Because you know, I just did a we just did a town hall last night in Philly and I ain't see nothing from neither one of y'all. especially nah, man, school. I had
2: to. I actually, I you know, with all the stuff coming up with the funeral and everything coming up. I had to move up a a, little, a bunch of travel, and Philly was on a stop, so um, I couldn't come and not uh and not and not and that's not cool. come say hi to the. And I didn't really come for Sharifa. If we're gonna be that's, honest, that's with you, fam. Love, that's I came love. for the El Meki fam. Um, yeah, that's what's up. I, they I took bought, care of. Them. <laughs> I bought all. I bought up all the Target fam. I didn't came with like what's them dog, the LOL dolls or whatever. Yeah. Daughters are expensive. The black dolls. Um, Yes, they are I got expensive, the black but dogs, Lord have
3: mercy. That's true. Yes. Hey,
2: you know what?
0: Hey, well, hold on. Wait, you know what's the funniest part of this whole night? Is that, yo, you dead ass look like you're in the back of a van. He does. <laughs> he did.
1: <laughs> he, listen, it's room in the bunker. Woo! Whenever whenever folks got to come hide out, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, that's what it say. They've got plenty of books and guns. You know what I mean? That's a, so, you need to be in the bunker. Come on through. You know what I'm I thought hey. the brother was like
3: on the set of The Black Klansman. I was oh like, like, "What
0: nah. is going on here? This
3: brother <laughs> is on the set with Denzel's son." Okay,
0: all right. Well, I, well I'm never. I'm never going to Philly without <laughs> checking in with Auntie Elaine and Auntie Toya. So for folks that have gone to Philly and ain't checking in with those two, that's on them. <laughs> so now messy. He'll be back. he's he 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 just, just messy he stuff. Messy he's just messy, stuff. He name. Just messy.
1: messy. Mama just messy. Toya, Sister Elaine, you know, he'll, he'll be through again and we'll all we'll all get up together.
2: <laughs> I can't I can't tell the education people or the healthcare people. We got a lot of people in uh <laughs> at the children's hospital here too. So I wasn't here for very long. So but I will mm-hmm. be back soon. I will be back. I gotta fly out tomorrow, but I'll be back where I'll have more time. Cool Good
0: stuff. All get right. back to your show, man. Get us back yeah. on
1: track. Listen, man. I, I, the one thing I want to uh, talk about are, are a couple historic things because we're talking about like all the trauma. And one thing I will say um, that Dr. Cole brought up that I think is really important is you know the how the child is looked at, um, you know how he's supported, how he's you know like one the trauma of reliving that, right? Like, and how are people trained to support them? If he continues through that, I would say get him up out of there. But if he continues in that city. Right. And people are aware. Right. Like who slips up and says something like what does that even mean? And and are people trained to support folks that have, uh, you know, that kind of need, that kind of public, you know, uh, you know, affront, like like aggression towards that child. But then it's not just the child. Right. It's the child's community, that child's peers. Right. They've heard about they know about like, well, is it? And usually all the stuff that happens, I don't share with my youngest children. Right. Like they're really trying to just promote their uh, their positive racial identity and them understanding like who they are, who their people are and what they and the tools and shields. And armor to navigate, to dismantle, to build and destroy, right? But this one we did share with them. We did talk to them about because, as Ray said, like, hey, if, it, if it, even if it's something like this, whatever makes you feel uncomfortable, and we usually say it like in general, right? We we talk about it in generalities, but this time we actually did share. Um, you know, about that. And I, I just thought it was an important piece because it's not just them, it's also their peers. But I, I want to get kick it back because we're talking about the trauma, but I also want to make sure that we're talking about what we do want to see. And to, to frame it, I want to quote Martin Delaney, right? Back in the 1800s, this brother said, education is to liberate the mind. And he's talking mm-hmm. about Black children. Mm-hmm. Liberate the mind, refute racism and colonial perceptions, and then economic survival, and then he talks about what does it mean for liberation, you know, as a community. And then also W. B. Du Bois talks about that our schools for our children should be built, should be constructed, the educational system both within and outside of the school, right? Like Cole talks about the learning that happens everywhere, right? Um, and and Chris says you can't stop children from learning. Hmm. W. B. Du, w. B. Du Bois said the education of black children should outflank the oppressors and disrupt power arrangements to me that's the that's the framework you know or a big part of it Mm -hmm. outflank the oppressors that's the type of education we should be providing our students right that they can do that and carry it on as they get as they get older and disrupt power arrangements and then that whole liberate the mind um for me, that is a part. So like, what would you want to see if we are creating for me? I want to have a hundred and a like all over the place. Right. Mm-hmm. And if, and what does it mean for you um, to create the schools that we want for our children? What is a good education? So we talked about like the trauma and what it should not be, you know, you got the Freyer diagram, you have like what it is examples. And then what are non-examples? We talked about that. So let's go back to what, what it is and what are
3: examples of it. <laughs> You know, it's a big question. So I'll just jump in and say that, like, I don't know that any school is the answer. I don't know if there's any one school or one way of doing a school that's going to be the answer. So I like the idea of there being different types of schools and people can kind of self-select in based upon what they know about their children. So my kids and your kids both are at a similar disadvantage in the United States, but because of our geography, because I have a, something a little different going on with my family or whatnot, and the circumstances education near me, my choices are totally different than yours. Right. So when you ask that question where I live, um, it, man, we're in a desert in terms of like a culturally affirming, um, pedagogically competent um system or school that is going to develop my kids to be able to reason with the best of them, to be able to have logic with the best of them, be able to understand sophisticated arguments about the world and sophisticated, you know, um, a world fund of information that the rest of the world has, and at the same time is going to culturally affirm them and make them feel like a superior in their skin as the rest of the population feels superior in theirs. That's a big order. So to me, honestly, I might back away from what type of school and I might encourage parents to write a plan for your children and then match your plan against whatever options you have. So when you go to look at a school already kind of have out these are 10 things and you're only meeting up three of them. You're only meeting up four of them. You're only but you're not measuring up on all of them. Um, That's the best I can do with, with with that, because I honestly, I believe your home is the first school. The rules that you set there are developing your kids and no one school is going to be able to cut it. And and, and let's be real. Like you, you just talked about two people at the beginning of the show who were talking about a common experience that a lot of people have. They switch schools. Mm-hmm. Black middle class people find schools all the time that they think is the school or they even pay for one. And they end up leaving that school in a year or two. Then going on to the next one, because it's not all they thought it would be. They bump from charter to private to district to, you know, all kinds of arrangements and still don't find what they're looking for. Hmm.
0: Go ahead. Jump in there, right? So I got I got a couple things. Right. So uh, am I thinking I would want to do a CMO. Right. So a CMO series of charter schools, uh, K to 12. Uh, the reason why I say charter schools is because that's what I'm most comfortable with after being someone that has worked in district schools and someone that has worked in charter schools. I feel like there's more flexibility in terms of what you can do curriculum wise. Mm -hmm. And there's more, uh, flexibility in terms, terms of what you can do in terms of, um, ridding yourself of headaches in terms of, uh, of teachers that don't need to be in front of kids. So that's, that's the first thing, uh, I want it to be adjacent to HBCUs because I want there to be a pipeline of black teachers, specifically black male teachers. I think everybody benefits from having more black male teachers. Areas I'm thinking about, possibly Atlanta Metro, North Carolina, maybe Baltimore, Alabama, which I don't know if that's the smartest of moves, but it's very uh, friendly to open and charter schools at this point right now, possibly Mississippi. But Chris, to your point, I think, and uh, maybe not the next show, but but in a couple of shows, we should do a ten point plan, a eight black hands ten point plan on what parents need uh, to think about prior to enrolling their kids in school. I think that would be really good for the folks that are listening. So, folks, if you're in the audience right now, and you think a ten point plan from the eight black hands would be beneficial to you or uh, the folks that you roll with, let us know, and uh, and we could definitely get that rolling. Yeah. Cool. Jump in here about, you know, because you. I, I'm reading the, the quote that you said
1: now, and I think it's it's uh, a big part of like what's happening and what we right. should be doing, what we should be thinking. I agree, like uh, Chris, as far as like, yes, yeah, school alone won't do it. It's the entire educational ecosystem. It's almost like bubble wrap, right? Like that mm-hmm. we do for packages. Well, what's more valuable than our students? So what is the, the educational bubble wrap that we need for our children as they're trying to navigate these spaces?
2: You know the funny thing is, is that people got so much heat for standardized tests. I think you need to update it and mold it, and 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 we've been pushing about this. It's coming out in our report, but it you know add a social emotional component, add a mental health component to it because I think the response to what happened to this little boy and what's happening to a ton of little boys and girls across this country, the response should be fourfold. One should be by the state and the school. You got to go, uh, and we're gonna make an example out of you. One is by the streets. This level of aggression requires a community response. One that makes people uncomfortable, one that makes somebody may or may not feel threatened a little bit, uh, but it, it had, the the response has to be on par or above the level of, uh, uh, of, of harm that was done. Three, I think a civil suit. And the reason why I say that is because one, people sue for much less, but as I always talk about, trauma doesn't go away. It goes dormant. And what's going to happen is they're going to ask this boy over and over, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? And he's going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's going to come back in his 20s, his 30s, his 40s. And the way he feels about authority and the way he he won't be able to fit in any other space socially. Like we have evidence that shows that these type of things happen. And I think that also criminal charges should be like pursued. Like I really think the Thanos of response should, should should happen around this because the same way white power structures, i.e. the police, will have no problem making an example out of a black perpetrator that may say something or push a cop. I think that that same level of force needs to be met. And, and listen, that could be making people uncomfortable or whatever the case is. But, you know, these things happen in other industries. You know, this happens. And if we can't protect a five year old precious baby like we can't like we, we, we have to now be thoughtful about this uh and you know you you quote amazing people sharif i want to quote another amazing person by the name of one samuel l jackson as uh yes they deserve to die and i hope they burn in hell you ever
3: i'm done i just um, I, so before he goes, he goes into Tarantino territory, I'm, just, I'm good with that. <laughs> you know, when he, before he goes there, yeah, I'm just like co-signing on everything you just said. When you just said though, and we can't protect a black baby that strikes home because we can talk about this incident all day long. We could give this Ed Karen, like all of our oxygen and all of our energy. We can make it all about this one episode mm-hmm. and you know, whatever my my situation is, what's the response of the black community? Now, what's the response of one person or people far away like you can march when you have a police officer to a police officer do something? All of a sudden, there's all kinds of bullhorns and hashtags and everything. But where's the hashtags and the marching on the school That's district exactly. for a black boy who had to pull shit out of a toilet? Because <laughs> no. an Ed Karen thought that it was smart to make a black boy pull shit out of a, a toilet. Right. Where's the march? I don't want to like have a soapbox about it, but I'm just like saying like we talk about this all the time. Some of our people are so bound up in criminal justice and things that affect adults that the same level of energy that goes into plotting and planning and high siding and fronting on online and on Twitter about a dead black body. You don't have time to actually protect a living black body somewhere else and a living black mind that deserves every opportunity in life to thrive. But. The system is gonna have its way with those young people because we don't have the same level of energy about protection, about, you know, uh, uh, protesting. Where is the protest in this this very specific situation? Where's the march? Mm. Like, where's it at? Where's, Where's the heat that the school district is getting except for on the evening news? Why is this parent standing alone, right? It's actually the grandmother. Why is the grandmother yeah. standing alone on this, right?
0: So the the, grandma, the grandmother was actually very forgiving in terms of, like, her She response. was. <laughs> uh, you know, she gave a lot of grace in terms of, uh, in terms of what her expectations were. I think one of the things she said or as core is saying is that she thinks that the situation just requires more training. And so my thoughts are that is she thinking, she must be thinking, like, of when she went to school, it could mm. also be and 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 I was talking to uh Naomi, Naomi Shelton. Shout out Naomi, and we were unpacking some of this uh on libations. And bro, I just have a I, I sometimes have uncomfortable, uh I, I I'm uncomfortable with, with talking about the, 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 the shit that white folks do because of the trauma that is associated with being raised in the south and knowing that if you talk too loud, that shit could get you killed, and so. Mm. I, I'm just, I'm still unpacking that, but I, thankful, thankfully for y'all that uh, I've, I've kind of gotten my voice in, in terms of calling this shit out, because it needs to be called out, regardless of, if, if death is upon us or not, man, like it needs to be called out, it's crazy Yeah, I mean, it, you know
1: and I, I mean, you know thinking about that incident, you know, and I think a lot of times as we, you know, we see you know, and again, I want to keep uh, bringing back to the idea, like we see the the piece that was recorded, reported, etc. Mm-hmm. Like, how often are things like you know not making it to this level? How many things do our children suffer from that they don't tell their parents? Mm-hmm. And this is why, like, I'm, I am constantly mm-hmm. saying, like, mm-hmm. yes, we we one, we have to we have to teach our our children how to push back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to teach our children how to um just keep going how to disagree and advocate for themselves right and what's the line between oh well, you know what this teacher or this educator or this person is pushing and challenging me to be better as opposed to you know uh something else right like and so we there's this a whole lot that has to go into the education of our children Right. Because it's not just something that you pick up and, you know, automatically when to resist, when to not. Because, you know, one, our team, it should be a healthy sense of, you know, anybody else's child is able to grow up and be rebellious and push back and all of that. Right. But for our children, we have to be very careful, especially particularly when you talking about like legacy parenting, too, because then we're telling them nah, any adult say anything. You be quiet. Right. Like and we all talk about like we know what what uh the. The call and response is when we go to uh, we were doing live shows of, you know, I got mine, you know, I don't care if you got yours. Right. We knew that but we also have we have to be careful how we educate our children as far as be seen, not heard. Do as I say, not as I do be quiet until spoken to all of these things as well. And so there's a line that we have to really finesse to help our students understand, help our children understand, no, this is worthy of you. Cause some things I don't even want you to do it. And then come tell me, as y'all said, there's some things like, nah, that's <laughs> outright Refusal. It ain't cut, you know, some things like do it. And right. Cause you hear parents, that's the talk, right? Just come home alive. Duh, duh, duh. But what does it look like for, um, you know, a child in school? And so mm-hmm. we need to, and a safe place for children to push back should be in school. Obviously your home, but where else do you practice?
3: Can we agree, though? Can we agree that say, that school is not a safe place for, for the American public school? I can't disagree with the black children. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. So If we can agree with that from from jump, if that's our premise, the American public education is a school. The American public school is not a safe place for black children. Then what happens after that?
0: No, Josh Josh keep the shout up that is amazing yeah.
3: <laughs> well, a, we had Sharif and two play or, or, or Charles no, and Oh, it
2: was amazing Because <laughs> I'm dope like that but here, here, here's, I'm I'm dope. Said, here's the thing I would say to parents though right too and I think I think part of this is you know I'm so sick of the word normalized because I feel if, if, if we use it a lot now but I think uh, I'll use something else but I think you have to make it okay for your kids to talk to you about everything that's happening in their day. And you have to learn how to like manage how you react. So you don't overreact or whatever the case is, but you have to set a stage uh, where young people feel comfortable coming home and really spilling out their whole day. Right? Like, so even as I was a social worker, one of the things we trained our kids in foster care with their foster parent and their social workers, that there's no such thing as secrets. There's no such thing Nope from anybody. Right? Like, especially before the age of like 15, six, whatever, you know what I mean? But like, there's no, if anybody's telling you that you can't say anything, like no, 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 we, we don't we we play the no secrets game, right? So, mm-hmm. um, I think that that's one, and because a lot of this stuff, and we're talking about this child here, but again, there's so many things that happen to young people on school sites and campuses that parents will never know about. They just won't, right? And and, and 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 that's the thing, right? And like so, a lot of these kids are left to not just deal with this stuff, but to manage and like really weigh. Should I be talking to my parents about this or not? Should I tell somebody this or not? I'm feeling like this. Oh, man, I got this bad relationship with these teachers. But if I tell my mom this is happening, like, I don't know if she's going to believe me or whatever the case is. Now, everything don't require, you know, a a, a serious reaction, right? And I think for parents, that's a really important piece that you have to hold. Um, But I think that that's one space is that kids, there are some kids that are just really, really alone out there. And I, I think that makes it even tougher. And all that does, it's not the, it's, it's not the in-your-face trauma, right? It's not the acute trauma of like, unless this situation, this is your this situation is very acute trauma. But it's not the acute trauma of seeing somebody die in front of you or you got hit or something like that. But this is a trauma that takes place over time, where it continues to beat down your soul and your spirit, right? It continues to make you feel worthless and, and, and like less and like less and like less. Because a lot of our work, and I say this all the time, the hardest part of my work ain't dealing with the white folks. It ain't even dealing with the unions all the time, right? The hardest part of my work is convincing black people that they actually deserve better than what they're getting. But those seeds are sold now. Those seeds are sold in these schools. Those seeds are sold in these places where we have teachers that are doing their best teaching leading up to a strike because they want kids on their side versus teaching kids how to understand their emotions, feelings. And Oh yeah, that other small thing called reading. And that's a really, really big problem. And we have to start really calling that stuff out and meeting people there because this is a perfect opportunity for Diane Ravage and any of those other people. I need them to come out super hard. I will go and hold her hand right now. We can have coffee and tea together on TV as we're smashing on whoever this person is. If this isn't something that can unite these sides, I don't want to hear nothing else about your education debate. I don't want to hear. I would just, never shake your hand again. I would. I would never never shake your hand ever again after. That. You're never going to see that. that. This no. This is the, the point that I am making is Mm-mm. if this is not a galvanizing blue light moment for education it's and a not. blue light moment, a blue light moment we call that in in healthcare. Everybody can be arguing, but a blue light means somebody's coding or somebody's about to die, and everybody just does their job, right? If this isn't a blue light moment in education. Then all of you need to take your damn kids out of these schools right now. And, you know, whether it's charter, whether it's a different school or whatever, I actually want to see more black private schools. I actually want to see more black schools. That is our money. That's outside of a system. And we're doing what we need to do. Uh, Similar to what uh, Sharif had went to. Right. So anyway, I'll just leave it there. But, you know, we are. We are putting a war on our kids, man, and most adults can't even deal with. Like if you go on Twitter, everybody talking about triggered this, triggered that. Kurt Franklin's son talking about he triggered by his dad, even though he disrespected him and cussed him out or whatever. But we ain't got no smoke for this lady when a five year old has to do this. Like I'm disgusted. I'm not even just disgusted in that lady. I'm disgusted in us as a community. Some have, you heard,
3: have you heard have you heard any of national leaders take these type of things on? Same leaders who next week will take on things around the economy or who will take on things around criminal justice or other things. Do you hear any of them saying anything other than schools need more money? We need to you know, we need to respect teachers. Schools need more money. Our, our schools are under attack. These these fools are so crazy. This is the part that kills me. The story that we're talking about tonight is one of many. Thousands, we could just keep going, we could keep going back and forth through them. But you have a portion of our community who will side with the system and say, our schools are under attack. Our teachers are under attack um our you know so so they have not been on the plantation so long that they start talking for it. So that that's one of the problems that we have in our community just in general, even with the conversation we're having right now. There's gonna be people listening to this right now who think we sound hella anti public education or we sound hella anti teacher
0: or, you know, anti you know whatever. You know who I haven't heard from? You know who, who we all haven't heard from? Who? Which one? Jamal Jamal Bowman.
3: I mean, listen, all Jabal Bowen is going to say <laughs> is like standardized testing is the same as slavery because it makes white teachers accountable for black outcomes. So, of course, it's like slavery. It's not like our slavery. It's like their slavery, which is why he's fighting it. And they see him as such a good as a as a good you know, person on the issue. Listen, mm-hmm. I, I actually um, I don't think that this one boy in this one situation is our problem. I think our problem is we're not clear on the fact that the system is an enemy of our progress uh, and, and, and if people listen to this. This is what I want to be very clear about. We're talking in harsh language that some people are going to listen to this and go, oh, you know, really they're going too far. Oh, my God. You know, I'm going too far again. Blah, 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 whatever. Maybe it's not outright trauma. Maybe it's not digging poop out of a toilet or whatnot. Some of y'all that are listening to this thinking that you would never do anything like that are still doing things in your classrooms that add up to about the same amount of problem, right? This ain't just just the white teachers. And it's not just the white teachers. There's many of the Negro-peans who are teaching in our school systems, too. Many of the (laughs) Negro-peans in our school systems are teaching in exactly the same way that the white folks are. It's a million microaggressions. They're teaching complicity and obey more than they are teaching freedom to our young black people and our young brown people and our young mixed people and everybody else are teaching them complicity. They're teaching them rule following. They're teaching them depression and they're teaching them nonsense about themselves and their standing in their place in the world. And you could be going to a school that has none of this, you know, making kids dig poop out of the toilet. That's an extreme example. You are still doing death by a thousand microaggressions just in the way that you're interacting with our kids every day. My kids are in a school like that. My kids are in a school where they would never in a million years think to make a child pull poop out of a toilet like this ridiculous, you know, backwoods southern hillbilly that we got teaching in Arkansas. Right. They would never do anything like that. What they'll do is just kill your child's brain slowly over a period of time with a thousand microaggressions and a a great ignorance for what you should be teaching the kids about themselves and their standing in the world. That's my soapbox. Listen,
0: she's, she's not she's not a dumb girl. Uh, She's a hillbilly. She's a backwards hillbilly. She went to R one she, yeah. university. That yeah, probably has standardized tests.
3: Yeah, right. She, probably, she was a hillbilly <laughs> there. She probably failed them all and still became a teacher in that hillbilly ass school district Uh, with them with them. Forty five lovers that they got down there. But you know what? Up here in the north, we can't act like we don't have it, too,
2: because it's not an education. we can't act it's like we don't have it. <laughs> because it's not an education issue this is a humanity this is a humanity issue this is you don't see the humanity of that child you don't see the humanity of those people and you have constant echoes in your ear saying that because these people live in poverty or whatever the case is that they are subhuman they can't learn they can't do this thing or whatever and honestly I'm going to be real with you being poor made me hungrier you know what I'm saying? Being poor, being homeless, made me hungry, right? Like I'm probably not a doctor if I didn't live in no if I if I, if I didn't live in them shelters. I'm probably not a doctor right now, right? I, and I got the damn degree out of Spike. You know what I'm saying? I know we got a rap. I just but I just feel like this is the issue of humanity. Like, and I don't give a damn if it's a traditional public school, a charter, a private, whatever, right? Like, we have to put the humanity of our kids first. Like, this is the part. Where, this is what where I where I agree with you, Ray. Like, all these people that's that's doing this standardized test is anti humanity. Where are those people? Where are they with their bullhorns? And I think that's the issue, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to just stop because, like, I'm really upset. Like, I'm like, I'm really upset. And I get mad every time I answer about it because I get... And now I'm not even as mad at her as I'm mad at that nothing's happened. I I really need a report. I'm not calling... Let me just stop because (laughs) somebody's going to say you were fighting violence.
0: After this show... The odds have gone up. It's no longer ten thousand to one. It's a hundred thousand, a hundred thousand to well, one. I'll take that bet job. just because that's
2: a crazy good bet. She and keeps her job. She rain, rain, her job.
1: <laughs> Ray ain't paying nothing out. Don't take no bets with Ray. He ain't paying no, nothing out. No, I mean, but that y'all, y'all raise a good point. Like it, it's, it's like while the focus, and we've, we've probably, you know, uh, brought that specific thing up because it was so horrific, right? So mind-boggling. You know, even in the circumstances uh, that we know our kids uh, face oppressive uh, experiences, but it's the overall system. Right. Like and, and whether it's the hillbilly spaces or whether, as you said, inner city, you know, uh, with black leadership. Uh, you see time and time again, like what's producing, what's being produced, what are the outcomes? And then we have this other group that say, well, we're all against this. So let's band together and let's get less accountability. Right. Like and <laughs> and I've used this example before. Don't tell me. And yes, my, listen, today was the anniversary. Like we used to take our students because they were like, oh, we want to go to, to the capital and demand fair funding. So we're like, yes, that and right. Like, yes, if, because funding without accountability is like just the police department, right? Like they were just like, oh, they need more, more stuff, more money, more resources. And we see what happened. Things didn't get better, it got worse. Right. And so this idea of oh, the funding alone without different type of training, right? Like, how do you how do you test? How do you assess uh incoming teacher or educator, veteran, new, whatever, about how do they view black children and the communities that, that send them there, the communities that love them? How do you look at how do you develop positive racial identity of a, child, of a child? And at the least, how do you do no harm? How do you not undermine it? Like, where is that training? Because if you then go look at, like, what's your intellectual genealogy? Who taught you? What's your cultural and pedagogical genealogy? Who taught you how to teach my child? When they point to that mess, It ain't going to be much different. Like there's not hope on the way that light you see at the end of the tunnel is an oncoming train because the more you see how bad it is and how far away we are from a systemic uh, solution, then you're you're just like, oh, you know, and and I got to give Reverend Marshall Mitchell a shout out over at Sharon Baptist Church. I've known for a long, pretty much my entire career as, as a as a principal. Um, he used to come to Shaw Middle School and, you know, I, I look at him as like one of my mentors. He was just, you know, he, he was at, worked at Wilbur at Wilberforce. He's worked at, at like he's, you know, in uh, Congress as a staffer, like just deeply involved in understanding, you know, behind this behind the scenes stuff. And he used to say, Elmeki, when are you going to start a, a private school? Like, that was this thing. When are you going to start? I, I see one of my schoolmates, Adisha. What's up, Adisha? You know, she put in the Thaumasasa too, you know. Um, and and I, when I think about, like, the education we received and, like, that everyone had a strong sense of self, that we had a connection to the community. We felt a responsibility to the community. We knew our heroes and, and what they navigated. So when Martin Delaney or W.B. Du Bois said, like, hey, outflank oppression, that's part of your education. Like, we took that to heart. Right. Mm -hmm. When I look at Dr. Eli Stanford out here, like like vaccinating and testing, you know, putting the city to shame with all the city's resources and, and, and look at what they do. Right. Like where they gave this Drexel student a contract, but wouldn't help her. Right. And you see this over and over and over again. Right. But I see one of the things that I just loved about our school and I believe that this is what a part of like what education do we imagine? And of course, as a child, I didn't know that, but like I always felt loved. And they believed in discipline, right? Like, I I get, I sometimes get worried, people like, oh no, just let, you know, just let things happen. Just let, you know, the child, like, no, 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 we, we believed in, in, in discipline because self, the, that person who is self disciplined is closer to winning the fight. Mm -hmm. Right. You can't be undisciplined as anybody, but particularly black people with all these traps around here. So we need people to be mentally strong, focused and self-disciplined and tied to their community, know their history, know what the black blueprint. And I felt like, you know what? But though all with all of that, I never felt unloved, Mm -hmm. no matter what, like throughout my my school experience. Right. Like in that to me is and you can't teach people who don't look at you as a human being to love you. Because they'll they've shown that they will love their puppies more than they will love a black child.
3: (laughs) They love them some dogs. They They love dog. And you see the you see the
1: vitriol. Somebody do something to a dog. A black man
3: will love a dog, boy.
1: Hey (laughs) man. So look, I know we got to wrap up. If everybody just go go around the horn, and particularly, what do you want in in good education? Like, what is it? Give me like two or three things that you want to see for your child and other black children, um, these 8 million. What does a good education for them look like? Let's go around the horn and we'll wrap this up, man. We're, so y'all gonna be, need some peppermint tea tonight too. Uh, Stimmy Ray, why don't you just kick us off, bro?
0: Yeah. So the first thing you need is you need engaged parents, right? And so when I say, when I talk about parent engagement, it's twofold, meaning that parents have to make themselves available in order to go to the school, in order to check in with their kids, or whatever, checking with the school to make sure that their kids are doing everything that they need to do. Kids aren't always telling the truth in terms of assignments that are getting done or whatever. So you got to make sure that you're on top of them. I know you raised them the right way, but as soon as they walk out the door, they're a different child. So make sure you're logging into those grade portals. Make sure you're checking those assignments uh, to make sure they're submitting the things that they need to do. It doesn't mean that you need to be able to do the work for them. You just need to be able to hold them accountable for doing the work. If they don't know how to do the work, that's when you reach out to the teachers to let the teachers know that, hey, uh, my son or my daughter does not have a clear understanding of what the work is. And based off of that, you need to reteach and you need to stay on top of that teacher to make sure that they're reteaching. I do it all the time and my son is super smart, but I'm still on top of his teachers to make sure they're doing what they need to do. Secondly, schools. Man, y'all got to be open to these parents. Y'all got to hear these parents' voices, right? And not only that, When you're making a decision about somebody's child, you need to make sure that some that 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 parent is at the table while you're making this decision. A lot of times we see these schools that will force these decisions down a parent's throat or won't give them a real good understanding of what that decision is and leave them without choices. Right. So that's my two. Good looking. Go ahead, Stuart. What you got? So
3: now he said that's his two. Was there supposed to be a number? Two no, it's two or three. Two or three. Two or three. Oh man. Um, well, listen. <laughs> you got ten. Give us the, whatever you got, man. Give us. Listen, the, this is what I'm going to stick with. What I'm going to stick with is like being a parent um, is the closest thing to God that your child has to um, to them having a good uh, a good life. So thinking as an, a futurist. Constantly looking at your child and knowing them very deeply and, and thinking through where you want them to end up in life. You want them to end up, uh, able to defend themselves intellectually with a strong sense of self, with confidence and purpose, with the ability to walk into any room and feel like they can read it and they can own it, um, the ability to do well, to get income and jobs and businesses, go to college, all of those things, all those things that make up the so-called American dream. And when you were in kindergarten, you've got a 12 year stretch, stretch at that. And first grade, you got 11 year stretch at that and so on and so on and so on. So you're always working towards your the future that that you want for your child. Um, I'll start with a, a Gandhi quote here. There is no school equal to a decent home and no teacher equal to a virtuous parent. To me, this is everything about parenting. It is not about schools. Schools actually are, are insufficient to get you to where you want to go. And at best, they will help you facilitate your child's dreams, but they will not actually help you get all the way there without you owning the process and being ruthless absolutely ruthless, kick-ass ruthless about defending the intellectual development of your child. That's three things. Uh, in terms of the parent uh, 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 strategy that I think everybody needs to to stick with, one you need to know your role as a parent. You, legally, your role is to make sure that your child gets educated. You could go to jail for not actually for educa- educational negligence. So even by law, your role is to be the president of your child's education, not the school, not the teacher, not the principal, not people who get pensions just upon your ch- processing your child like your child is some sort of product. No. They're not not the president of your child's education. As a parent, it's your role. You own that role. That role comes with responsibilities, which is finding the best uh, learning environments for them and taking them out of ones that are harmful keeping them out of harm's way fighting diligently and ruthlessly as i always use that word ruthless because honestly rich parents when i saw them coming when i was on the school board they were the most ruthless parents when it came to aiden little aiden's uh future and their development or whatnot they were absolutely politically ruthless in ways that i don't have time to tell you about right now so know your know your role know your responsibilities that come with that role and the last one is know your rights Like really research, become a student of parenting. Don't just say, I don't know things like actually learn. So when you interact with these people, you're interacting from a position of knowledge and power. Right. Because there is nothing I can give you as a tool that's going to make it easy on you. We can't give you any breaks as a parent because that's not what the game is. The, the, the game has no breaks for black parents and they don't care about your child. They'll have your child scooping shit out of a, a toilet at five years old. Right. That's what this whole show has been about. So start with p- parental sovereignty. You are the God in the lives of your children. Know your role, your responsibilities and your rights and fight ruthlessly for results.
0: Hey, that was super on point, but I just want to make sure, you know, you quoted a racist. I mean you know uh Gandhi is hella hella um problematic
3: but thank you for bringing that up after the point brother I appreciate it yes he's hella problematic sexist racist classist, all kinds of other things I have found out in later life but I went to public school so knock it off <laughs> what you got Cole? <laughs> knock it off I think
2: I think um I'm still upset I mean I think that um you know, I am you look on Twitter and they can't send things from they can't send cartoons from the nineties and old school rappers. Uh, when you got stuff like this happening in in, in in vicinity to you, you know what I'm saying? And I think that um I just don't believe you, man. I, I just I just don't believe it. I I this is a, this is a societal failure. Um this isn't just a failure of that teacher. But I think the other thing is, and I know we keep talking about parent power and I believe in that, you know, we you know how I feel about that. And there's also some kids in there that that, that are in there on their um, own. I know a few. <laughs> I kind of grew up in that way. I think, you know, some damn common sense, man, like, you're not even asking for much. I'm just asking for humanity in this piece. And that that's wild. I think that you need, the other thing I think is we just need crash courses on power. Um, power around the police, power around education, just power around these systems because people actually have a lot of power. You just don't know what you, what you can do, right? Like, everything from you know, boycotting for 20 day count, uh, to, um, you know, walkouts to just being like that person is not teaching in the school no more. And we're going to make sure it don't happen. Like people used to, uh, you know, people used to march in towns with pitchforks, man. If they thought a black dude looked at a white woman, like you understand what I'm saying? Like Emmett Till was pulled from his house because they thought he whistled at a lion white woman. <clears throat> and we can't like do, we can't, we can't, we can't come together around a woman who admitted to making a kid do this and who apologize. Like that's a societal failure. So all that tough talk I see, all that canceling, all this, all that, all these super woke people, I don't believe none of y'all. Um, I really don't, uh, it, it, it's really sad. I think the other thing too is like, parents, this is for you, you know, you have to constantly be checking in and make sure your kids are getting what they need both academically. And, and and just from a mental health standpoint, we just in a different time and it's a different space. And um, just don't seize your power. Don't 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 walk and go into the back of the bus without somebody even pointing you there. Mm. Like we got to stop that. We doing mm. it on we doing it to ourselves. We doing it on our own. And if you go on Twitter right now, it's more people talking about Kurt Franklin having a argument with his thirty three year old son than this issue. Like as a community, our priorities are jacked. As a village. Our priorities are wild. We more, ups- we more upset about who didn't get a Grammy tonight. You feel me? So what, what's a kid supposed to do on that? Because all no. we're going to do in 15 years, all we're going to do in 15 years is call that boy toxic and find a way to cancel him. You know what I'm saying? If we care about black minds and black lives or whatever, man, this is, the, this is starting the erosion of that dude's psyche. What do you expect to happen? Like if at five, you showed me you didn't care about me, you damn sure ain't going to care about me at 25. So I don't know. I'm not being too cogent right now. I'm still processing it. But um, but it was a good show, Reef. And thank you for having me in the dungeon, B. Oh,
1: absolutely, man. You're always welcome, bro. You're always welcome here. Um, listen, you know, I really appreciate everybody, you know, uh, their comments in the, in the chat, as well as, you know, just the conversation that we're having and that we continue to have. Um, because at the end of the day, the eight million black children uh, do not have the schools that they deserve. They do not have the education that they deserve. And it is up to all of us. We are all complicit if we are not, as you all describe, like just hell bent, like ruthless, um, uncompromising. Right. Like everybody talking about being unapologetic. Like I what I hate new words. I I just hate new terms and new words just because I just think like like we have so much. That we can build upon and we're always trying to like oh how do i say this in a more clever way like i don't i don't care about all of that like get exactly get ready to rumble like that's that at the end of the day that's what it is right you know like you create the space that you're saying like you know what this is going to be a safe space for my child and other people's children because we get nowhere without a communal um effort you know i i am nervous uh you know, if we all say like, oh, I'm, I'm doing it for my child and not looking at our brothers and sisters, children and our grandchildren, our uncles, nephews, community like we're mm-hmm. going. Uh, trust me, you will lose. Right. Like you may think you won. The war is not won that way. And so I, I want to just say a couple of things. One, families, make sure you are checking, asking specifically, how do you how does race, class, power and privilege show up in this classroom mm-hmm. and in this school and in this district? Ask them. How my black child, and I see most of your teachers and educators and principals and school board members and CEO, everything, I see most of them are white. How? what do you know about supporting the positive racial identity of my child? Odds are they're going to say, I don't know anything about it. Right. And so then that's even more reason they need to listen to you and at least do no harm. Those with me, I'm saying more and more, uh, you know, <laughs> and one of our friends, he got mad. He's like oh, all these all these athletes starting charter schools. Uh, I'm with you, bro. I'm with you. You know what? I'm hoping that they also start some private schools, some black private schools. Right. And so that we don't have to charge families and that they we don't have to worry about them being shut down later because they ran out of capital. So, yeah, I'm with you. Let's start some some more black private schools as well. Right. And and with great educators, like at the end of the day, we need great educators. We need folks like that. Nathamu Sasa, Marcus Garvey Shule, you know, Uhuru Sasa and many, many other that that draw on what was done in the past and particularly have an African centered uh, pedagogy. Um, shout out to Dr. Dana King, Mama Aisha Mani, who led uh, Communiversity uh, every week where the community comes together and they're taught. This past weekend was about African-centered pedagogy and how it's missing and what we need to do to relive that and make sure that it happens. That Sankofa moment every single day. and we're t- mm-hmm. And don't forget, parents, the other thing, don't... Listen, we, we got there are 19 states that still beat kids. Where it's legal, it's OK. 19 states. How many of them have black children? How many of them have a teacher like the one that was in uh, whatever town she was in that did that to that five year old boy? Right. Like and so that's just that we're talking about the extremes, but also look at the system. There are systems that are built that continue to push this forward. I want to thank everybody for joining us. Let's continue to to. Deconstruct what good education is, and constructs what our children deserve. Um, mm. They will they will reward us for that if we do it right. If we get this right, our children will reward us um, through their actions and through how they shape society. You hey, can listening. I do a commercial
0: for next week? Please do, please do. <laughs> so so, folks, next week. Uh, bear with us. We had a, a, a guest coming in, Curtis Curtis Valentine. You. Uh, uh, from uh, Real Men Teach So looking forward to that uh, We'll have more to come during the week But that's going to be a really dope show next week uh, Real Men Teach If you got your hoodie or shirt I got I got my purple and gold shirt I'll be sporting
1: that next week holla at, holla at your brother, <laughs> at your brother. <laughs> Thank you all You've been listening to another 8 Black Hands show um, We're glad to be in community with you Bad, Glad to be learning with you Glad to be fighting um, With and on your
0: behalf Peace Peace. You have been listening to the eight black hands podcast with Ankrum, Cole, El Meckie and Stewart.
1: If you like what you heard, follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at eight black
0: hands one. Thank you for listening.